Welcome to Why Did I Do That, a podcast made by teens to introduce psychology in a more accessible way for teens of all backgrounds. I'm Lauren. And I'm Yusra. We are two high schoolers from Northern California, and we're super psyched to share our excitement of psychology to other teens. As that singer once said, what is love? Is that the twice reference? reference? Yeah, or it could also be a Hathaway reference. True. That is a good question because, as we all know, Valentine's Day is coming up. Or maybe it just happened, depending on when we're releasing this episode. So we wanted to make an episode to kind of address this. Yeah, totally. Because, I mean, a lot of people will have experienced these emotions of being in love at least once in their lifetime. We hope so. We hope so. Um, And when they do, it usually has a huge impact on their life. Like, I mean, heck, look at marriage. It's like the happiest day of a woman's life, for example. So love has a huge impact on our lives. So it's natural to wonder what even causes these emotions. And although we might not be able to completely address this question from my research, um, although the term love is constantly thrown around, especially during Valentine's Day, it's different from the feelings of lust and attraction. Lust is caused by testosterone and estrogen, which are sex hormones. And I know people normally think these hormones are gender specific, like that testosterone mainly comes from men, but these hormones actually have a role in both men and women. I actually didn't know that before. And what? I think it's, uh, yeah, because usually there's this idea that we associate, you know, all this lust and attraction with like male hormones and like specifically in men, even though uh, women yeah. can experience those as well. Obviously, it's just something that like stereotypical yeah i think i did kind of know this before but it's interesting to think that there's some testosterone in my body right yeah, now possibly and for attraction this is kind of between lust and real love and it's caused by chemicals like dopamine and serotonin which are chemicals that make you happy and norepinephrine Since norepinephrine may not sound as familiar, it's what's released whenever you're facing danger. Wait, why would you be in danger if you're in love? Like, unless you're, like, allergic to love or something. Uh, And those are the feelings I feel when I witness PDA, by the way. So unwarranted. Maybe. It's like sometimes if you're in love with someone, don't you ever feel intimidated by them? Or, like, scared to talk to them? I I guess. Oh, okay. In that sense, okay, it makes a little more sense. Yeah, especially if you're like realizing it and you're not used to that feeling because it mm-hmm. is kind of intense, right? Yeah, it can be scary, definitely. definitely. <laughs> but love is from the chemicals oxytocin and vasopressin. So, oxytocin is commonly known as the love hormone. And now that we've said what love is caused by, Love also has numerous effects, like having a feeling of euphoria from the dopamine, um, constant thoughts about the person from dopamine, and also the anterior cingulate cortex is responsible for this, which is a brain part that has also been linked to obsessive compulsive disorders. Fancy science. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so interesting how love can affect parts of the brain 
even parts of the brain that are responsible for obsessive compulsive disorders because a lot of people have had those strong feelings of attraction or lust towards someone. And Mm -hmm. there are times where these thoughts, they come up so often, even when we don't really want them to. And at times like these, we also could, or one person could wish that there was a way to regulate these sorts of emotions. Yeah, like as much as love can make you feel really good sometimes, like if we're constantly thinking about the person, you might want to stop it. And we'll give tips for regulating love later in the episode. Lower stress is also a positive effect of being in love. But when an individual has initially fallen for someone, research shows that stress levels are higher. And I can kind of see why that happens to people because obviously it depends on the situation you're in, whatever romantic situation you're caught up in. But if you've first fallen and you've realized it, you're probably worried about certain things like, does this person even like you back? Am I stuck in this unrequited love sort of thing? Um, And other times it could also be because these emotions make the person uncomfortable because it's their first time dealing with such intense emotions. Because as we mentioned earlier, love and attraction, they affect the cingulate cortex and an individual might be stressed because at the current moment, they're literally not able to focus on anything else but this one person who has captured their mind and their heart. Yeah, (laughs) exactly, yeah. Because I can especially see it if you've also met this person for the first time or you don't know them very well. Like, you might be stressing about your first impression on them or how to appear like a good partner. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, that too. It's also, research has also found that being in a state of love can also lead to someone to have worse judgment. Love is blind. Love is blind. Uh, I'm thinking of that Sousa song. Mm -hmm. And this is because worse judgment, um, because when we're in this intense state of love, parts of the brain for detecting danger, such as the amygdala, and the part of the brain that is responsible for making decisions, which is the frontal lobe, don't work temporarily. Now, I'm just imagining scenarios of teenagers and individuals under the age of 25 being in love. And you know what? Maybe this is why we have like so many teen pregnancies. Because first of all, you're a teenager. Your brain isn't fully developed. Second of all, you're in love. So just imagine (laughs) this is just like a mess for it could be disaster. A recipe for disaster. A (laughs) A recipe for disaster, yeah. But we hold nothing against teen pregnancies because at the end of the day, it is um, your own decision. Your body, your choice. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, just coming up with a theory. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's actually another positive about being in love that many people might not know. So being in love can actually decrease the chances of getting heart disease and it can improve your health in this way and also by lowering blood pressure and improving immune health. Wow, so all of you helpless romantics out there, y'all about to be so healthy. <laughs> I think you mean for the non-hopeless romantics out there, I kind of think this might apply to people whose love is reciprocated, you know? Oh, yeah, that could be. But I also have... Um, reasons to feel that if the emotions are reciprocated, maybe an individual could still experience these benefits because, as we mentioned earlier, 
being in this state causes euphoric emotions and happiness yeah. and just lower levels of stress. And all in all, it's just a good, fun, exhilarating experience, especially in the earlier stages. I mean, you know how it's like to have a crush, which would be yeah. more of like an attraction, but um, being in love with somebody, you do feel that happiness and lower levels of stress. I've heard of married couples have a sense of quiet love. Oh, yeah. That's something we'll get into a little more later, too. Mm-hmm. But definitely, this could also apply to people who whose emotions are reciprocated. True. And Maybe in the long term, right? Mm-hmm. And speaking of early stages, it's found that couples and individuals in love experience infatuation in the early stages of being in love. So basically what you said. Yeah. And it's this overwhelming passionate attraction and romantic love that takes place immediately in a relationship and in love, but it quickly decreases. But there's also attachment, which takes more time to develop. And it's this comforting feeling of emotionally bonding with someone. Yeah, yeah. I think attachment is more like, you know, the married mm-hmm. couple sort of thing. Married couple love. Yes, married couple love. And I'm going to be honest, like, I want what they have. Like, infatuation is great and all. But yeah. I like the whole idea of just being at peace with, like, another buddy, another True. person's company. And I don't mean to attack anyone with a crush um but a crush is a really good infatu example of infatuation so i know when we say that when we have a crush some people might be like oh i love my crush and it's understandable because it can be hard to differentiate between infatuation and love and attachment especially since both of these feelings are really intense but crushes are more built on infatuation than anything else when we're feeling these immense passionate feelings about a person and we're getting excited over the idea of them we can associate this with infatuation definitely because if i have a crush on someone for example i never really thought of this before but i'm not gonna say i love this person i want to get married to them even though i do have a strong sense of attraction towards them but yeah yeah. I wouldn't say it's love you know like I think love is something bigger in a way yeah I think so too and (laughs) sadly we haven't really been in love before we'll get there one day but that's the whole thing right because infatuation is more in like the earlier stages Mm -hmm. so it's not what the entire relationship is built on you know it's it's built on like loyalty and trust and just being able Mm, to understand one another communication and all those important things that come after those earlier stages and we don't really expect anyone in high school to necessarily find yeah i don't think this sort of love either um if you do believe you're truly in love that is amazing for you Mm -hmm. i love the idea of like having a high school sweetheart i like follow some people on instagram who've been like you know those couple instas uh like instagram accounts following couples who've been together since high school and it's It's so impressive yeah because now they're like in their 30s and i'm like wow (laughs) that is a once in uh very rare sort of thing yeah like rarer than winning the lottery or something (laughs) maybe yeah But it's found that both infatuation and attachment are found in a relationship. And if these happen to decline, it's found that a relationship can become unstable. 
Oh, yeah. I think I remember reading something about that. Like, you need infatuation and attachment to um, maintain this ideal type of love. So, for example, if you only feel attached emotionally to someone, but you don't feel any sexual attraction. So, lust. Um, yeah. Well, technically, um, we we are aware, though, of people such as asexuals who might not feel sexual attraction towards someone so it really depends yeah i think it does depend the situation yeah yeah. we'll take a short break here and afterwards be sure to tune in to learn about a phenomenon known as love bombing as well as whether we can really regulate our feelings of love or not welcome back from the break a question that might come up is, can we regulate these strong and sometimes constantly interfering feelings of love? Majority of people perceive love as something that is uncontrollable and something that just, you know, hits you like a truck, which is unfortunate because in some cases, because with when these feelings can become troublesome, such as, you know, after a breakup, your feelings might yeah. still be strong, even though it's best if they aren't. Mm-hmm. And maybe if you're actually having the opposite sort of situation where your feelings aren't intense enough and you're like in a long distance relationship there are times like these where we wish we could regulate our emotions whether uh we feel more intensely or less intense about a person i think from my experience it probably is possible to regulate your emotions um and this varies from person to person but i can't just immediately stop having attraction for someone um this is shown in my real life I guess because (laughs) sometimes if someone has interest in me and I don't really have interest in them I can't just turn on my brain like a light switch and be like I suddenly have interest definitely yeah can't really expect that for anyone but honestly for the longest time I felt that we'd succumb to these feelings (laughs) always and never be able to regulate them but technically I'm wrong In this era, we have various behavioral and cognitive strategies that people can use to actually regulate these emotions, however you'd like them to be regulated. So you can use something called cognitive reappraisal and other strategies that allow us to control these feelings. So if you need tips for getting over that one crush, we got you, fam. Yeah, we're here for you. Yep, always. So the one I talked about, cognitive reappraisal, means changing your thoughts about the person you feel in love with to change your feelings. Oh, I found this tip too in my research, and I think it's actually a really popular one. It might even be one of the best strategies to help you regulate your feelings of love. So a very popular way to use cognitive reappraisal is thinking about the negative aspects of someone you love, such as Oh, my partner is so lazy. Something like that. It might sound like negative, obviously, because you're looking for negative aspects. But if you really want to get over somebody, if you focus more on the negative, it would help. Because usually when we are um, in love with someone or we're attracted or we're having that infatuated feeling, we create this ideal vision of this person. And we think of them as this flawless, amazing, ideal partner. Like a prince charming. Or a princess, or whoever you're attracted to. But the reality is that they're human and they're flawed, just like everybody else. So it kind of, you know, 
you're like floating in the clouds and you're thinking this person and it gets you back down to earth. Definitely. And the more people used this reappraisal strategy, the more they believed their love feelings were controllable. So it seems to work pretty well. Yeah. And there's also been this TikTok that says, like, if you want to get over someone, just imagine them vaping. I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, not to attack anyone, but um, don't vape, okay? <laughs> like, I am so glad I wake up any- every morning and I'm like, wow, I, ha- I can get through the day without having to rely on flavored oh, air. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you wake up and you're like, I'm so grateful my lungs are still healthy. Yep. Another tip is distraction also which is doing something else to reduce the strength of your feelings. But distraction and social support were more used to feel better than to decrease the love you're feeling. But for me, I think distraction can actually be a very useful strategy. Like it's worked for me before, kind of. Oh, definitely. It takes a little bit of time, though, because literally these feelings you're dealing with distract you from other things. But, you know, you just got to counter it. It's because you're not full on addressing the feelings, but even picking up a new hobby, for example, or focusing on um, activities such as the podcast can at least save your mind away. (laughs) Yeah, listen to the podcast. Another tip I saw in the study I was reading was emotional suppression. But the study does say this has been shown to not actually change how strong your feelings are and can even have negative effects on cognitive and social functioning. Emotional suppression, by the way, would be like keeping a poker face even if you're around your crush. Mm, I don't know how I, how I feel about this one, if I'm going to be honest, yeah. um, because it's not actually helping you regulate your emotions. And definitely don't do this if you're like trying to regulate your emotions, but you still want your crush to know that you like mm-hmm. them, because you should just you know, doing so will make them think you don't. But I'm not too sure how I feel about this one. Me yeah. too. Because I also did find it kind of interesting why it wouldn't be very effective because it's like smiling, for example, since it's been shown that physically smiling can increase your happiness. So in that way, then why would not showing your feelings for someone like not help with those oh yeah definitely yeah i wonder why not but in that case this one might not be as helpful but mm-hmm. you know what keep it as a trick <laughs> that you could try yeah. yeah but the bottom line is the cognitive reappraisal strategy seems to be very one of efficient the best. yeah yeah one of the best mm-hmm And while we're in love, it's important that we stay careful and really aware of what we're saying and how we're treating other people. There's this phenomenon when people may bombard a partner with an excessive amount of love at the beginning of a relationship, but they're doing this to establish a sense of power and attach themselves onto their partner's life in an excessive, narcissistic kind of way. And this is called love bombing. I've heard of love bombing too, um, because it is a actual psychology term and i wasn't really re- aware when i first heard it that people just showing a lot of love is necessarily bad but i've seen this happen in real life like if someone buys you a new phone for your valentine's day um yeah of course there's nothing wrong with like expressing your love to 
to your partner in whichever way is your love language, you know, communication, just giving gifts and whatnot. Yeah. Um, the way they deserve to be treated, by the way. But if, like, your pos- your partner is constantly giving you gifts and sending you a lot of text messages about how they love you, especially at, like, the start of a relationship, then it could kind of be a red flag. This yeah. obviously isn't always the case, but people who have done this are shown to have high levels of narcissism narcissism yeah because as i mentioned before they're trying to establish a sense of power in the relationship and they're Um, trying to sort of like you know imprint themselves on this person's life in by giving them so much love so their focus will only be on the the giver the person who's doing this and that's kind of narcissistic no Oh, in that case, I can see it being narcissistic. I think sometimes people can also unintentionally love bomb too. Like if you naturally want to show your partner a lot of love. Um, And as we said, like you definitely should be treating your partner right. Although, for example, lavishing them with gifts and things like that all the time might not be very healthy. Yeah, and obviously it should be like a two-way street, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, and like you said, people might not know they're doing this, and that's true because a lot of individuals who do this have narcissistic tendencies, attachment issues, anxiety, and low self-esteem. Oh, so there's you know. like more factors. There's more factors. It's like on it's the person who's doing this has a background, and something has affected them in a way to cause them to love bomb, right? Because say you're an insecure person right? You might do this in order to, because you're worried this person might not stay with you or something like that. At least that's a possible scenario. And haven't you heard that a lot of narcissistic, a lot of narcissistic people are actually very insecure, like in real life, right? I actually haven't seen something like that, but I know people in those YouTube comment sections, Mm -hmm. you know, those sometimes randomly post um, descriptions of narcissistic personalities disorder and this is normally if for example the person in the video just seems really confident and now we've reached the end of this episode which i think is actually earlier than when we normally end yeah yeah for sure but hopefully you guys were still able to learn a lot especially since we're going to release this as a bonus episode yes bonus episode to recap we talked about what love is, which is a feeling caused by the hormones vasopressin and oxytocin, different from lust and love, um, the difference between attraction and infatuation, the different parts of the brain love can affect, like the anterior cingulate cortex, and ways to regulate the intensity of your feelings, um, such as through cognitive reappraisal, And we talked about love bombing, like how this can be a red flag. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And please share our podcast apps with your friends and spread the word about it. We really appreciate all of your support. Be sure to leave us a good rating if you want to. (laughs) Yeah, please rate our episodes, guys. We really appreciate them. Like, no matter what you think about our episodes, just leave a rating, please. And A review. Yeah. Be sure to check out our Instagram at the Why Did I Do That Pod, and be sure to tune in for our next episode, a new episode every week, every other week, and keep asking yourself, Why did I do that? that?